Hey everyone, good morning. Pastor Brendan Witten here. And once again, I want to welcome you to Toronto City Church and to our online worship experience. I am so glad that you are choosing to join us today. Uh, I would say it's so good to see you, but obviously you're seeing me. I'm not seeing you, but I am glad you're here. And I'm so thankful just for this opportunity we have with technology to keep connecting, to be united as a church family. And uh, I'm just really excited for today. I'm excited for what God's going to do. Uh, but just again, thank you. It's so good that you're here. Um, we're going to jump to the word in just a moment or two, but I want to just remind you, as we usually do, of a couple practical elements uh, just for us as a church family. First and foremost is regarding uh, getting connected here at Toronto State Church. I've been saying this for the last number of weeks now, but we've been really excited to see a lot of new people come in and get connected and be you know, joining, visiting, uh, checking out services. And, and if that's you, you've kind of recently started to connect here. Welcome. It's so good to have you. Thank you for you know, kind of, you know, connecting in to what God's doing here. But we really want to make sure that we do our part to help you get more connected. You know, we've got a number of different ways that we encourage people to plug into what God's doing here. We're uh, connection groups where you can, you know, meet other people and, and be involved in small group discussions, uh, volunteering, serving in ministry, um, and then a number of equipping classes that we run and offer. We haven't been running those this fall, but they'll be starting again in the new year. Uh, but really a big part of it as well is just, you know, being able to know that you're here. Uh, have a pastor talk with you or one of our leaders talk with you, meet you. You know, just make sure we're doing our part to help you get plugged into things. And so if that's you, just really want to ask, you know, you, you're here, you feel God's called you here, or maybe you, you just, you want to learn more about the church. I really want to invite you, just reach out, let us know. Let us know that you want to plug in, let us know that you want to be involved, and then we can go on this journey with you to figure out what does that look like for you and how's that working for you. But please, let us know, we want to see you connected. The second thing that I wanted to make mention of, and this is something we do special every year as a church family around Christmas. It is coming soon. We're, we're well into November now. But we, we yearly do something called Christmas alms. And then last year, we also added a, another element to it about uh, getting Bibles for believers in the persecuted church. And so what I really want to ask you just to be praying about and thinking about is over the next several weeks, uh, really leading up to uh, the second Sunday in December, we are going to be taking in offerings, uh, special offerings, so kind of on top of your regular giving. Uh, if you go to give online or you give uh, via e-transfer, you can uh, just indicate what you want to go towards. But you can give, to, we've got these two outlets. You can give to one if your heart's really there, or you can give to both. The first is Christmas alms, and this is really just to bless and take care of families in need in the Toronto City Church community. You know, each year we, uh, through several different means, identify families who are maybe facing a challenging time, you know, especially with COVID and everything that's happening and all that's been going on. It's really fine. And then just to do something to bless them as a church family, to contribute to helping them have uh, have a good Christmas. And so we'll be taking offerings for that. And then we, you know, we distribute and bless families. So you can definitely give to that. Just market Christmas alms. The other thing, as I said, that we added last year was we had an opportunity to work with the Canadian Bible Society. And what they do is they have actually a, a donor who's going to match. But for every $5 you give, it will get a Bible into the hands of someone in the persecuted church around the world. Um, you know, there's Many of us wouldn't be aware of this uh, 
maybe as much as we should be, but there is really a challenge for many believers in, in different areas of the world to even get their hands on Bibles. You know, it's so easy for us. We, many of us have multiple Bibles in our home. We can go online, you know, we can go to, uh, you know, the Bible app. We can go, you know, and there's so many opportunities for us to get our hands on the Word of God. Sometimes I think we, we take it for granted, but there's many believers around the world who don't even have a Bible. Or it's very hard for them to get a Bible just because they're in a persecuted, you know, in a nation where there's persecution or where there's real, you know, uh, limitations on Christianity. So Canadian Bible Society uh, for five dollars will make sure that a Bible gets an But here's what happens. If you give five dollars for one Bible, they have a donor who will match it. So it'll actually be two dollars. All right, it should be two Bibles for five dollars that get into the hands of two different believers and so last year i was really excited we were able to raise a whole ton of money we were able to get a whole ton of bibles in the hands of the persecuted church and i want to even see us go further this year i want to see us do even more so would you pray as we come into christmas about giving to christmas alms and also giving to bibles for believers in the persecuted church you know just let the lord really speak to you again this is kind of an extra gift we do on top of our regular tithes and offerings but it's just such an amazing moment an opportunity to just be a blessing. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I, I've just, in the midst of the challenges, I am so thankful for all that God has done for us and all that God is doing for us. And this is just a small way to give back, to be a blessing to others. So if you have any more questions about this, again, we'll be talking about for the next several weeks. Uh, you don't have to get it in today. Uh, but if you do have questions or you just want to know a little more information, just reach out, let us know, you know, contact us here at the office. We'd be more than glad to do that. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's dive into the word of God today. We are nearing the end of our series. Hello, my name is. And uh, as you know, if you've been tracking with us, we've been on this series for uh, really since the start of September. We really felt in this season, there was some key things that God wanted. Number one, it was a season for us to get to know God more. Uh, and to really go deeper in the knowledge of God. And I, I'm so thankful for just what I'm hearing from people and what I'm observing and what I'm sensing in the spirit as we lean into this. I can feel the water levels rising in our church. I'm believing for them to, to rise and to grow even more, but, but I am so thankful for that. And uh, you actually, as I said, water levels rising. Let me jump back to something. I just felt uh, uh, the prompt in my heart. I don't know if you've been following the news, but just out in British Columbia, especially in the, the Fraser Valley around Abbotsford, there's just some real uh, real challenges they're facing right now, flooding. Can we just maybe agree right now and pray? And let's just pray. I mean, even I know I have some friends and some believers out that way, but if we just, let's let's ask the Lord uh, together just for in this situation. So Father, we come before you today in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray regarding this area in our nation out in British Columbia where this is flooding, God, and, and all that's going on. Father, we, we pray first and foremost, just again, there's a lot of work being done to try and protect uh, different areas to try and rescue people, God. And we just pray for there to be safety. We pray for uh, the floodwaters to recede. Father, we thank you just for uh, responders, rescue workers. I, I heard the militaries going in, God. Just all the people who are involved in helping that you would really strengthen and empower them, God. Lord, we pray for churches, Father, that the church would really be a light in this time, this situation. And Lord, we just really agree in Jesus' name for eternal around this situation. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everyone agree with me, said, 
Amen. All right. So uh, let's keep, uh, we'll keep tracking with that. Keep agreeing and, and keep praying for that. But as we said, I was talking about the water's levels rising. So uh, that's a water level we don't want to rise, but we do want the water levels of the Holy Spirit to continue rising in our, in, in our gatherings and in our church family. And so in this season, we're going deeper in knowing God. Uh, we also have been talking about going deeper in our connection with each other. And, and really, uh, you know, leaning in when it comes to relationship, leaning in when it comes to building this connection with one another. And then we've been talking about the third element of really having a heart to bring Jesus to people and really seeing people introduced them, taking the gospel to people, taking the gospel to those who are around us. And so we really, and, and one of our key phrases we work with is knowing God and making him known. Right? That's not, not just in this season, but this is really a rallying cry for us as a church family, even as we go forward, that we want to be people who know our God, right? Daniel 11:32b, the people who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. So we want to know God. We also want to make him known. And how do we make him known to people around us? How do we make him known in the GTA? How do we make him known in our nation? So this really is our heart. And then for the last number of weeks, we've been continuing to focus on uh, the names of God, right? So we've been zeroing on knowing God, and then we've been focusing on the names of God, which reveal the character of God. And so we've been talking about a number of different names of God, because he reveals himself through many different names that teach us more about who he is. But we're focusing today, and we want to jump. Last week, we took some time to talk about how he is Jehovah Ra, the Lord, our shepherd. We just had an amazing time diving deeper in and going deeper in the revelation of the Lord is our shepherd. And so today I want to take you to another name of God, and I want to talk to you today about the, the Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. Right? So somebody say, he's Jehovah Shalom. Come on, somebody say, he's the Lord my peace. Now let's start. We got, as always, we're going to have a lot of scriptures to work through here because the power is in the Word of God. But I want you to turn with me to Judges 6.24. And Judges 6.24 says this, Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. And to this day, it still stands at Oprah, which belongs to the Abizirites. And again, this, where it says he called it, The Lord is Peace, it was this, this name of Jehovah Shalom. And that he is our peace. And family, I just want to encourage you today. I want to encourage us. You know, we've been really talking about different characteristics of God and different elements of who he is that are so important in this season. We've been talking about how he's Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord who's going to provide for us. We've been talking about how he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals us and the Lord who protects our health. We've been talking about how he's Jehovah Ra, the Lord, our shepherd, and that he shepherds us in this season. And just as each one of those things are so key and so important right now and things that I believe God would want us to hear about his heart and his character. I also believe today that he wants us to hear and he wants us to know in such a powerful and a real way that he is Jehovah Shalom. He is the Lord, our peace. And if I can personalize it even a little bit more, right to you, right where you're listening to me right now, he is Jehovah Shalom. He is your peace. Come on, somebody say it with me right now. Say, he is my peace. And the days we're living in, in the challenges we're facing, the peace of God is so powerful and it is so important. Let's go to John 16.33. And John 16.33 says this, it says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. 
Now, there's several things I want to point out to you from this passage or share with you. The first thing I want to point out, and this is a promise from Jesus. It's not necessarily a promise most of us like, but it's a promise that he said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Right? In the world we live in, guys, there is going to be tribulation. There is going to be challenges. There is going to be difficulties. I mean, we've talked about this before in different ways over the last year and a half, but even what we're going through right now and the challenges we're facing, I know it's hitting each one of us differently. It's hitting many different church families here at Toronto City Church. But Jesus did tell us in this world, we will have tribulation. In this world in which we live, in this time, this age, there's going to be tribulation, which talks about challenges, difficulties. One of the key elements of the word tribulation is pressure. There is going to be pressure that we have. And I think it's important for us to understand this on a couple fronts. First and foremost, if we have the impression that just because I'm a Christian, just because I love Jesus, just because, you know, I follow him, I'm never going to face challenges. I'm never going to face difficulties. I'm never going to face pressures. We are going to be sorely disappointed, guys. Right? Because the Bible never tells us that following Jesus is going to take all our troubles or difficulties or pressures away. Right? Jesus actually says to us, he's saying it right here, in this world, you actually are going to have tribulation. Like I said, this is not the promise you necessarily put on your fridge, but it is his promise. He said it's going to happen. In this world, you will have tribulation, you will have pressures, you will have challenges. But why it's so important is when we understand this, right? If we think we're not supposed to have pressure or challenge or tribulation, then when it comes, it can really be discouraging for us. We can become disillusioned. I've even watched people who ultimately walk away from their faith because they weren't ready for the challenges and the battles they're going to face. Family, I mean, come on. Jesus gave us armor for a reason. He gave you the sword of the spirit for a reason. It's not just so you could sit there and look pretty, right? We have armor. We have the sword of the spirit. The Bible tells us very clearly that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principles. There's a wrestling. There is a battle. Now we battle from a place of victory because we have victory in Christ, but there's still a battle. But if we kind of have this subconscious idea that everything's just going to be easy, we're never going to face battles, then when they come, it can really throw us for a loop. But when we have a proper biblical perspective that, hey, I'm in this world and this world's going to tribulation. I mean, it's interesting too. Don't get me too far down this road. But it's one of the reasons why God wants us to have an eternal hope, right? Because we understand it's not just about this world. It's not just about where I am right now or what I'm living in right now. I have an eternal hope. The world, this world is not my home. I'm here, the Bible talks about as a pilgrim, but ultimately I'm a citizen of heaven, right? So there's this element, but in this world, we will have tribulation. But I love this because this is not the main part of the verse. This is just laying the foundation for what Jesus was getting at. But he said, in me, you may have peace, right? So in the world, there's going to be pressure and challenge and difficulty. But in me, Jesus said, you have peace, Right? So this is the second part of his promise. The first part of his promise is, yeah, there's going to be challenges and battles. It's going to be hard sometimes, but in me, you have peace. Now, what is this peace that he's talking about? What's, what's this whole concept of peace? See, most of us, if we are asking you, what, what is peace? What do you think peace is? Most of us would think something in the range of the absence of conflict. 
right? We think something's peaceful, it's quiet, it's, it's you know, there's no conflict, it's chill. You know, we'd think of that. And while there's an element of the biblical word peace that, that does connect to, you know, there being an absence of conflict or those things, that's really not the root of what peace is all about. So what's Jesus talking about when he says you may have peace? Well, peace comes from, especially in the Old Testament, it carries over into a different way in the New Testament, but it comes from the word shalom. And shalom is a Hebrew word that means, watch this, peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. That is what peace means. Let me read that to you again. Peace is, it's shalom. And so it is peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. I remember hearing someone talk about this years ago and they said, you know, a real core definition of what peace is all about is it means there's nothing missing, nothing broken, and nothing lacking in your life. Right? That's when peace. So when it says, you know, peace, when it's talking about there is shalom, it actually would be, it's a, a greeting, you know, for, for the Jewish people where they'd say shalom to one another. And part of that is the saying, I, I, I'm greeting you and I'm believing that you have peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, tranquility. Even as I'm speaking this, this is what I'm believing for your life. But guys, this is God's will for us. Listen, like, come here, look, look, look at me right now. This is God's will for you. That even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of economic shakings, even in the midst of financial challenges, even in the midst maybe of family challenges, whatever is going on right now, right? Because Jesus said in the world, we're going to have challenges, right? But he says, but I'm giving you peace, right? I'm giving you this peace harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, tranquility. This is what I have for you. This is my will for you. Why? Because he is Jehovah Shalom. He is the Lord, our peace. And again, it doesn't mean there won't be challenges or battles, but in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of the battles, in the midst of what's going on in the world around us, he is saying, I am your peace. And I want you to live in a place with me where there's peace, where there's harmony, where there's wholeness, where there's completeness, where there's prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. This is the shalom he wants for us. Why? Because he's Jehovah Shalom. He is the Lord, our peace. Furthermore, I love in this passage, Jesus said, he said, I've said these things to you that you may have peace. Right? So, so there's this element that just leaps out to me about this, about the power and importance of the word of God. You'll notice today, I mean, I'm, I'm parking on one scripture right now, but as we go forward here, we're going to get through a lot of scriptures because there is something about the word of God. And as we allow the word of God in our life, that really brings this peace. It, 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 it releases the power of peace in our heart. And, you know, maybe you're listening to me right now and you're, you're really struggling in the area of peace. Like you're listening to me so far and just, yeah, I'm really struggling. I don't have that. Well, here's, here's why I encourage you. It's go back to the things Jesus has said. Right? Go back to the word. Go back to prophetic words. Go back to things that have been spoken. Right? We also make sure the foundation is the word of God. But there is also, Bible talks about waging war with prophecies that have been spoken over you. Go to the word of God because we're going to have trouble in the world, but Jesus has given us peace. But, but one of the keys to unlocking and walking in his peace is to going deep in the word. What are the things he said to you? What are the things he's saying to you? The more connected I am to what he's saying and to what he has said, the more I will have peace. Right? And then the last thing I want you to see from this verse, where the part where Jesus said, but take heart, I have overcome the world. 
right? I've kind of broken it down a little bit of a different way. So it's not the way it flowed, but here's the encouragement. He said, I have overcome the world. In me, you have peace, right? So he's saying, I've got peace for you. Uh, you're going to be in a world with challenge and difficulty, but don't worry. I have overcome the world, right? I have the victory. I have walked the victory. And because of my victory, you can walk in my peace. Because of my victory, you can live in my peace, right? Jesus has overcome the world, right? This is the victory mindset. This is us being seated with him in heavenly places. But because we're seated with him in heavenly places, because we're walking with him in him, we have this peace. Come on, somebody say Jehovah Shammah. Oh, I got it. Sorry, Jehovah Shalom. I jumped into Jehovah Shammah, the Lord with us. Jehovah Shalom. Come on, somebody say Jehovah Shalom. So many great names of God we can move into, right? Say, he is my peace, Come on, I want you right now. I just, I feel the Holy Spirit on this. Declare it right now. Say, he is my peace. Come on, say it again. He is my peace. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is your peace. And no matter what's going around the world around you, in him, you have peace. In him, because he's overcome the world, you overcome the world, right? We have peace in him. Come on, somebody say it one more time. Say, in him, I have peace. Let's look at John 14, 27, another verse about peace. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Right? Again, see what, what happens here. Jesus is giving us peace. Right? There's, there's so much, with so much that's happening around us, with so much going on, he says, I'm giving you peace. I'm giving you this shalom peace. And I love it because he says, not as the world gives, right? See, if we're just in the world trying to make it on our own, guys, we're not going to have peace. There's so many people right now with the battles, the challenges, the struggles, the uncertainty about the future, they don't have peace. See, peace, shalom peace is one of the distinctives of the kingdom of God. It's one of the distinctives of following him. Right? It's one of the distinctives of knowing him. And so when you're in the world, you don't have peace. But when you're in the kingdom, when you're with Jesus, what does he say? He says, I give my peace, I give to you. And I love this thing because it says, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know, troubling, like the troubling of your heart, fear, this is going to try and come. Don't let it happen. Why? Because you're with Jesus and Jesus is giving you peace. Now, what's interesting to me about this is sometimes we feel like we should never have the opportunity to be afraid or there should never be, uh, the, there should never be the opportunity for our heart to be troubled. And then if we feel afraid or we feel like our heart getting troubled, we, we almost feel guilty. Like, okay, something's wrong. I'm not, I'm not doing what I need to do. No, no. Fear is going to come, guys. There's going to be things in the world around us, things happening that are going to try to trouble our heart. We just have to make the decision that we're not going to let it happen. We've got to make a decision. You know, I was talking with one of our church family members this week and one of our leaders, and they're just sharing with me a little bit of their journey. It was really encouraging me. One of the things they talked about was, you know, in their past, they'd had a battle of depression. And they were sharing with me and they're saying, you know what? In this season, I could feel depression starting to come, try and come back on me. But they said, I just made a decision, said, no, I'm not going down that road. Right. And they just dove back into God. 
right? And, and I love that because, again, if we've got this impression that I should never feel afraid, I should never feel like my heart is being troubled, then when it happens, we've already feel like we're failing. We already feel like we've messed up. And oftentimes we just kind of go with it. But no, it's understanding. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. In other words, the opportunity is going to be there, but we need to make a decision that, you know what? I'm staying on G with Jesus. I'm staying in his peace and I am not going to allow fear. I'm not going to let my heart be troubled. The season might come back. Man, man, I could tell you guys so many times, almost daily now, there's things that I am either thinking about or trying to work through that could really trouble my heart. And sometimes they kind of get on me for a little bit, but then I make a decision. I can choose to, to stay in this place of my heart being troubled. I can choose to stay in a place of fear, or I can choose to say, no, I'm leaning into peace. I'm receiving a fresh impartation of peace. Jesus said, my peace, I give to you that him giving peace is not the problem. In some ways, guys, you could almost say, I don't even need to pray and say, Jesus, give me peace. He already said, my peace I give to you. What I need to pray is say, Jesus, today I receive your peace in my life. Today I receive your peace in my heart. I receive what you have already provided for me. Peace belongs to me. Guys, there is a battle over your peace in this season. That is one of the major battles right now that's happening. Hold on to your peace. Don't let go of your peace. Because the enemy, he, he, this is the battle. He wants to come after your peace. He wants to steal your peace. Don't let him do it. Don't let it happen. Don't give in to the battle over your peace. Remember someone had posted something recently on social media and it stuck with me. They said this. They said, if it costs your peace, it is too expensive. And I just want to encourage you in that today. What, what maybe are you trading your peace over today? Right? What is costing you your peace? It's too expensive. Stop going down that road. But make a decision. Today, I'm walking in the shalom. I'm walking in the peace of God. Even if I feel afraid, even if I feel like my heart's being troubled, I'm going to look to him. I'm going to come back to him. And I am going to walk in the place of peace. You know, this ties to our next verse, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart's and it will, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love the New Living Translation because the New Living Translation says it this way. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, just several things I want to make sure we pull for. The first and foremost, don't worry about anything. Can I say that again? Don't worry about anything. Yeah, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. Don't worry about anything. Yeah, but financially, don't worry about anything. Yeah, but my children, don't worry about anything. Yeah, but we don't know what the government's going to do. Don't worry about anything. Guys, this is a command, not a suggestion. Now, we've talked about this in previous weeks as we've worked through this fall, and I've shared a little bit of my journey dealing with worry and dealing with fear. But I think it's interesting because a lot of times I feel like we treat this type of command from the Lord more as a suggestion. It's like, yeah, I know you say not to worry, Lord, but that's not really realistic. Like, everyone's supposed to worry. It's irresponsible not to worry, right? We, we talked about that a little bit. But he says, don't worry about anything. We need to treat this as a command. In other words, I'm going to fight worry. 
I'm going to take a stand against worry. I'm going to, I'm going to draw my battle line against fear, against worry, against letting my heart be troubled. Because here's the good thing, guys. When God gives us command, he always gives us the grace to live out that command. That means if he told me, don't worry about anything, there is grace and empowerment from the Holy Spirit for me to actually live that out. So I can choose to go, well, I don't think God really means that. That's not really realistic. And I can still live in worry and fear and having my heart be troubled. Or I can say, you know what, Lord, in my natural self, I'm not quite sure how you would do this, but I choose to believe you today that I am not going to worry, but I am living in a place of peace, right? See, worry troubles your peace. Again, if it, if it costs you your peace, it's too expensive. You can choose to go down the worry path or you can choose to stay in the peace path. Right? And there is grace, though, guys. This is not something we have to do in our own self. There is grace from God to live that out. Now, so it says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. In this season, and even as we come into the new year, I just want, I want to stir your heart in prayer. God is calling every single one of us deeper in prayer. But, but I want to encourage you, because in the season we're in and the seasons that are coming, this is not just an optional thing. Believers who are going to live in peace, believers who are going to thrive, believers who are going to do the things that God are calling them to do are going to be believers who have prayer lives. They're going to be believers who pray about everything, right? Who pray. And don't, don't wait till the last minute to pray. Don't try everything else and then pray. But that we would be a praying people. Family, I want to just encourage you today. Let, let's Come on, let's go deeper in prayer. Let's go deeper in being people of prayer. And even if you're listening to me and you're like, well, I just don't know a lot of prayer. I'm not really good. Well, then just start to start to plug into what we're doing because you will grow. There is empowerment and grace from God for you to grow in prayer. So he said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Right? So, so in prayer, okay, well, what are your needs? Tell God. Right? What, what's in front of you right now? Talk to God about it. Go to God. Right? Like, bring it up to him. So often, we use prayer as a last resort instead of it being our first option. Right, Corey Ten Boom, a great woman of God, she said it this way, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Right, and the problem for many of us guys is prayer is our spare tire. We wait until we have a flat, till a wheel blows up, then we're okay, we pray, gotta figure this out. Instead of letting prayer be our steering wheel that steers us around what we need to be steered into in the first place. Right, so, so we're gonna not worry about anything, we're gonna pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank him for what he's done. Release the power of thanksgiving in this season. Right? Because there's a connection between thanksgiving and peace. There's a connection between prayer and peace. There's a question between not choosing not to worry and peace. All these things connect to peace. Right? So, so we're not going to worry. We're going to pray. We're going to tell God what we need. We're going to thank him for what he's done. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, switch back to the English Standard Version, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Family, there's a peace from God they want to walk, and it even goes beyond our understanding, right? The peace of God is, is, is something that's supernatural. Part of what, sometimes we just see these things. I know there's a supernatural peace from God that he wants to release into your life that really he has. You just have to learn to receive it. And I just pray and I speak this even right now as we're here that the peace of God is filling your heart. The peace of God is filling your mind. Receive that peace today. Receive that peace from him. You know, but it's interesting too because there's a peace of God that goes beyond our understanding. We cannot walk in a peace that passes all understanding if we refuse to trust God even when we don't understand. 
right? If you're going to walk in a peace that passes all understanding, you've got to give up your right to understand everything all the time. And I'm not saying that God doesn't want to give us insight and understanding into things. We, we definitely believe in all that. But there's just this peace that God wants you to fill. Even when it doesn't make sense in the natural for you to be filled with peace, God will fill you with a supernatural peace. And other people will look at you and be like, how are you so chill, chill right now? Why do you have so much peace? What's going on with you? Well, that's the peace of God that passes on. See, this is part of the kingdom life. And I love this last thought from this verse. The peace guards your heart and the peace guards your mind. Right? God wants you, you know, in uh, uh, Proverbs 4, 23, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the forces of life. There's this thing that God wants to guard your heart and God wants to guard your mind. And peace is what is going to guard your heart and peace is what is going to guard your mind. All right, let's, let's jump for a few more verses. And, and then what I want to do, I, I do need to bring this to a close in just a few moments, but I particularly, I just had a bunch of verses about peace. I just wanted to speak and declare over you. So let's look at Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Right? So he keeps us in perfect peace. Right? That's his part. He's the one who brings peace. Guys, peace is not something we have to work up or figure out ourselves. He keeps us in perfect peace when our mind is stayed on him and because we trust in him. Where's, what's your mind stayed on tonight? Where is your mind stayed? Right? Is your mind stayed on him? Because he keeps us in perfect peace as our mind is stayed on him and as we trust in him. Right? Our job is to keep our mind stayed on him. Our job is to trust in him. Colossians 3.15 says this, And let the peace of the Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. I like the Amplified translation here. It says, And let the peace, the soul harmony which comes from Christ, rule as an umpire, continue in your hearts, decidedly and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. In that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body you were also called to live. And be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Now, just a couple things here, and then I just want to speak a few more verses over you, and we're going to pray. Notice here again, thankfulness. Notice how important thanksgiving is and how connected it is to your peace, right? Thanking God for what he's done. Thanking God for what he's doing. Thanking God for what he's going to do. If we keep our focus on him and we keep our focus on what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do, it, it, it creates an environment for us to be in a place of peace. I also love this part too, where it says, let the peace act as an umpire, right? This is, this is one thing I've learned. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't want to run too far down this road, but, but there's something about when that peace of God is in your heart, God actually will speak to you through the peace, right? You'll know something is of God. It's like, cause even right now I know, and actually I really feel the Lord in this. There's some of you listening to me and you're really like, there's some big decisions right now. There's some big challenges. You're like, I don't know what to do. I don't let the peace from the Christ act as an umpire. In other words, you get into this place of peace with the Lord and you're, 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 you're living in peace, right? You're holding on to your peace. You're standing in peace. And then God starts to lead you and guide you with peace. In other words, what decision? Where, where should I go? What should I do? And then you're looking at your options and you just feel a real strong peace in your heart about going a certain direction, right? That's, it's an umpire. Why? Because what does an umpire say? An umpire says something is, someone is safe or they're up. It says it's a strike or a ball. The umpire makes the decision. And I found the Holy Spirit so often will lead me through peace, right? If I'm looking at something, I just don't feel any peace about it. I get a sense, nah, okay, this is not God. But then I'm looking at some other options and I, I just suddenly feel really strong. There's a sense in this peace. That's what God wants to do through peace in this season. 
right? So he wants you to live in peace, but he's going to lead you and guide you in the place of peace. Now, as I said, I just want to finish here. I want to read, because again, remember I talked about, Jesus said, remember what I've said, right? I've said these things to you so you might have peace. So I just want to read some scriptures. And where you are right now, I just want you, I'm not even going to take a lot of time to expound on these scriptures. I just want to read the word over you regarding peace. And let the word speak for itself today. Amen? We're going to let the word speak for itself. So let's start with Psalm 4, verse 8. And Psalm verse 4, verse 8 says this, In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, you make me dwell in safely, in safety. And in Jesus' name, I just speak peace over each of you, even as you lie down, even as you sleep. Some of you have had difficulty about peace in the night and, and just worry and fear. Maybe some of you have had difficulty sleeping. Well, in the name of Jesus today, I speak that in peace you lie down and you sleep. For the Lord alone makes you dwell in safety. Psalm 119, 165 says this, Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. Now, obviously, this is an Old Testament context. This, again, is talking about loving the Word. Great peace have those who love your Word. Nothing can make them stumble. Go deep in the Word in this season. Get, I mean, these scriptures, I'm giving, get, if, you, if peace has been a challenge for you, take these scriptures that I'm reading to you. Yeah, I mean, you get, obviously, just rewind the video. Write down these scriptures. Just go Google it. Bible verses about peace. And get the Word in you regarding peace. Why? Because as you love the Word, there's great peace that you have. And nothing can make you stumble. Romans 15, 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Guys, he's the God of hope, and today in Jesus' name, he's filling you with all joy, and he's filling you in all peace. He is filling you with peace so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. These things are all interconnected, guys, but as you grow in peace, you're going to grow in hope. You're going to grow in joy. You're going to be growing, being filled with God, but we just speak this over your life today in Jesus' name. Second Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the God of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. You just declare that over your life, say, in Jesus' name, God gives me peace at all times, in every way. Does that mean in the middle of a pandemic? Yes, at all times, in every way. Does that mean in the middle of financial challenges? Yes, at all times, in every way. Does that mean when I'm believing for things for my kids and there's some challenges? Yes, at all times, in every way. The Lord of peace himself gives you peace at all times, in every way. Come on, let's just receive that today. Galatians 5.22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And it goes on in verse 23 to say, In gentleness and self-control. Against these things there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Guys, this is part of what I want you to see today. Peace is not something you will work up in yourself. But peace is something the Holy Spirit gives to you. Psalm 29, 11, may the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Psalm 85, verse 8, let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. Today the Lord is speaking, and he is speaking peace to his people in Jesus' name. Isaiah 55, verse 3, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. Right? Jesus died, guys, and he rose again so we could have peace. Jude 1 verse 2, real simple, says this, May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. 
How many of you are receiving today peace being multiplied to you? I just speak that and I pray that and I declare in Jesus' name that mercy, peace, and love is being multiplied to you in the power of the Holy Spirit. I speak a multiplication of peace in your life. Isaiah 54 verse 10, for the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Guys, come on. His covenant of peace will not be removed. A covenant is an agreement that's made in blood that is never to be broken. And when God talks about his covenant, he's talking about his promises in the, you know, in the sacrifice of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus. That's why we say and we sing there's power in the blood because it actually speaks of the covenant. And you have a covenant of peace with God. And he is never going to break that covenant. He is going to hold true to that covenant. You receive in a fresh way today the covenant of peace. Isaiah 55 verse 12, for you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. I just pray and declare over you today that you're going out with joy and you are being led forth in peace. That peace that acts as an umpire. God is leading and guiding you. But stop settling for anything less than the peace of God because that is part of your inheritance and your portion. And even when there's mountains and hills before you, they're breaking forth. God is making a way for you. You are being led forth in peace. Galatians 16 verse 20, we're going to finish with this. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Guys, I love that. This is such a powerful way to finish this up. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The God of peace is going to soon crush Satan. See, he's under our feet because we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, Ephesians chapter 1. And the Bible says that all things have been put under his feet. And we are his feet. That speaks of the victory. But there's this element, too, where God says, listen, I'm because sometimes the enemy's still there. Stuff's still happening. But he said, I'm going to crush Satan under your feet. And obviously, in the long term, there is this, you know, the, the end time of what is going to happen to Satan. But even in times, this speaks of the victory that God wants to manifest in your life. But he is the God of peace. Come on, somebody say, he is Jehovah Shalom. Come on, somebody say, he is my peace. And just as we bring this to a close today, I want to pray for every single one of you. Because I believe, just as we were reading that verse just now, that there's going to be a multiplication of peace in your life and your heart. Yeah, put into practice the things I've talked about. You know, go back over these scriptures, meditate in them, let God speak to you. Maybe God's talking about, you know, stop worrying and pray about everything. Maybe God's talking about you getting in the word in a greater way, right? Maybe God's just talking, maybe part of that, just I'm not going out, whatever it is for you. But I believe, and I'm going to pray right now for every one of us, that God is going to multiply his peace in our lives in this season. And regardless of the circumstances, the situation, anything's going around us, your portion is peace. Why? Because he is Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. So if that's you today, I want you just to put yourself in a position to receive. You can raise your hands. You can you know, create a, a personal altar space, whatever works for you. But I'm going to pray this over you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you today. Just that we've seen so clearly that you are the God of peace. That Jesus said, because of what you said to us, we will have peace. That peace belongs to us. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is our portion. And I just speak over every person today listening to me. God, for a multiplication of the peace of God in their life. The multiplication of the peace of God in their home. The multiplication of the peace of God in their marriage. The multiplication of the peace of God in their children. The multiplication of the peace of God in their finances. The multiplication of the peace of God in, in just any circumstance, their workplace, wherever they are. We thank you for peace. Jesus, we thank you. You've given us peace, not as the world gives 
but you've given it to us and we trust you and we thank you for this today. And I just speak right now where there's worry, where there's fear, where there's troubling of hearts, God, that today it's being overwhelmed by your peace. God, that stuff's darkness, your peace is the light. And today the light switch of peace is being turned on in a fresh way. And we just speak this over every person in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed with me, said, amen. So I really want to encourage you, remember the connection between the word and what Jesus has said in our peace. I, I very intentionally shared a lot of scriptures. I actually even went a little longer than I initially planned to, but I wanted you to hear these scriptures. I wanted them to be spoken over, but now you take these scriptures, speak them over yourself, pray them, get in the word regarding peace and watch the peace of God multiply in your heart and life. Amen. All right, one more thing before I log off here, I turn it back to our host. I want to make sure, because the Bible talks about Jesus came preaching peace. The foundation to enter into peace is receiving the good news of Jesus, making him your Lord and Savior. And I'm just aware there may be some people today listening to me, and you have never committed your life to Christ. You have never turned your back on sin and given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you have at some point, but you've completely fallen away. See, the Bible teaches us this. It teaches us that God loves us with everlasting love. But because of sin, we've been separated from that love. The wages of sin is death. It's not just talking about physically dying. It's talking about eternal separation from God. We all deserve eternal separation. Not just you, me too. That's the first part of the verse. The wages of sin is death. But... The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. There's a free gift from God of eternal life where he forgives us of our sins. He fills us with his spirit. He, 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 we begin to walk with him and follow him in this incredible life. And then we spend eternity with him. And this gift is available for every single person today. Every single person, let's say, if you've never given your life to Jesus, you can receive this gift today. And so if that's you, what I want you to do is I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Just right where you are. Say it out loud. Say, Jesus Thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you came for me. Thank you that you died. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin and I commit my life to you. Forgive me. Free me. Fill me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want you to know today, if you prayed that prayer, and you meant it from your heart. God has heard you and God has answered your prayer. And what I'd love for you to do is a link's coming up that you can click on or just reach us out to us and let us know you made this decision because we want to pray with you. We want to stand with you. We want to believe with you. Amen. Amen. So I want to bring things to a close. It's been so good to be together again today. We're really excited about what God's doing. And uh, remember the Christmas alms and giving Bibles for those that are persecuted church. Just start praying about that. Let God speak to you about how you're going to be part of that. And we got, you know, just some other great things we'll be telling you more about in the coming weeks, coming through Christmas, and then looking forward to 2022. We're definitely facing our challenges, but how many are thankful for peace? Amen. I am so thankful. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is the Lord, our peace. And we just thank you, Lord, for a multiplication of peace over every single person today in Jesus name. Amen.